Welcome to the employment uh, program for this morning. We are privileged to welcome our guest speaker, Judy Borland, who will share with her, us her insights and support of individuals seeking employment, alternative careers, or pursuing paths to new employment situations in their chosen vocational fields. Judy is, well, Judy works with the Lighthouse Vision Loss Center, Education Center. And she provides services as an employment specialist. Judy is a certified assistive technology instructor. Previously, she held employment as an employment placement specialist with the Vision of Blind Services. Judy supports job seekers with resume preparation, employment search activities, submitting applications, and locating internship opportunities. Her knowledge of assistive technology is a valuable resources for the individuals with whom she worked. So now I would like to present to you Judy Boylan, our guest speaker. Good morning, everyone. Uh, as uh, Katie um, introduced, I, I've, I've been um, uh, teaching assistive technology and job services uh, training. I've been with the Lighthouse for 11 years, um, the Lighthouse Vision Loss Education Center here in Sarasota, Florida. Um, I'm also a, a, a licensed practical nurse, and um, I also um, am a Microsoft certified system engineer. So um, as Katie had said, the assistive technology really does come into play when it comes to employment services and employment services training. Um, I have a presentation that I made uh, to show the group how the program works at the Lighthouse. Um, when I get a referral for a new student seeking um, employment, uh, I start out with uh, a comprehensive functional assessment. And basically what that is, is, you know, kind of like an intake. I get to know the person, I ask about their medical history, because a lot of students have more than one disability. They might have a visual disability in conjunction with a hearing disability, or maybe a physical um, disability. So I, I have to kind of uh, find out their medical history um, as well. So um, with that, and then I also touch upon transportation um, to make sure that they uh, have the training in orientation and mobility, that they have um, access to transportation, um, that they are signed up for the paratransit in their area, if, if there is a paratransit in the area. Um, some of the remote areas that the lighthouse serves um, uh, doesn't, isn't available, so they have to seek alternative um, transportation. So with the assessment, it kind of gives me an idea, um, you know, which path we're going on and also um, evaluating if the um, student is job ready. So basically, um, when they 
enter the program, uh, I would like them to have the, at least the basics in assistive technology and orientation and mobility training. If they're not um, signed up for paratransit, I initiate that. Also um, with the assistive technology, if they need additional training or of basic training, um, I would um, refer them back to just learn the basics. Um, basically, you know, to be job ready, you probably should have gone through the basic trainings through the lighthouse already. And then you'll be ready for, you know, preparing for employment. So um, when the student comes into the program, uh, you know, we are teaching it uh, virtually. And I have uh, a class of a sustained attendance of 20 students or more. I think the highest one I got was 30 students. And since the Employment uh, Services Training Program began, I launched it June 4th of 2020, I have successfully placed about 14 students. Now, um, it, it isn't, um, you know, that isn't really the goal. My goal is, of course, to get the uh, student placed. But the goal here is long-term employment. Um, whether it's, like Katie said, it could be also a work experience. It could be an internship uh, if the person is still in college or just getting out of college. Um, basically, I, do, I have done um, uh, group classes for transition children as much, you know, in high school, as well as um, in the program though, the adult, I would say they're, they're in college age and above. Um, does anybody have any questions before I start sharing my screen and showing you the um, rehabilitation program? Any questions? Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen. And can everybody see my screen that I've shared? Can everybody see the screen? Monica, um, Ryan? We can hear. Okay, so basically, um, the Employment Services Training Program, you know, like I said, um, I have devised about six modules and I, you know, it's like kind of like a general ed, um, uh, the academics of the Employment Services Training uh, I put through the modules. And I also, in conjunction with the group training, I do one-on-one -on -one custom training because everybody's different. Everybody's disability is different. Some people have more than one disability. Um, their employment um, goals are obviously different, but their stage in life are different. You know, like I said, they could have no work experience uh, or I get a, a student who's been working for 30 years and then they sustain vision loss. So the training, as you can imagine, it needs to be customized to a point, but it also can be streamlined into modules that have basic um, general uh, general kind of educational high points that everybody can benefit from. So the module one that I've 
uh, device. I named it Target. And Target is, um, you know, first you want to target and identify your employment goals. And in this first module, we learn about career exploration, discovering interests, likes and dislikes, because, you know, statistics have shown that um, people who are happier and fulfilled in their job, jobs sustain long-term employment. So interests are very important. Um, the career exploration of this uh, module is very important. So what I do is I, um, you know, demonstrate, um, I use certain ones to, um, like ONET is one that I use. And then for the kids, there's a different one. Um, it's more animated. Um, but for the adults, we, we use the ONET. And what it is, is just a bunch of questions that goes through uh, learning about yourself, um, a bunch of random questions of um, tasks that you would do at a job, but just to see if you have a general um, interest or a like or a dislike. And learning through this way will help you help the student make a good career choice because it's important to choose that path because again, um, we're looking for long-term employment here. And also in module one, um, I also want to talk about different employment networking sites, um, employflorida.com, um, AbilityWorks, um, uh, TAPS, Town Acquisition Portal. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of, that goes into the module. Um, we want to identify, do our career exploration assessments. We want to identify employment goals and skills. And then we get into assessment tests. There's a bunch of free assessment tests out there. They're, they're very good um, assessment tests on employflorida.com. And um, I would, you know, assist the student one-on-one. -on -one. If not, I show it in the group setting. And a lot of the students, again, the independence is already there because when they get into the program, it's kind of, it's kind of understood that they're able to do um, certain tasks. Um, so then we go through here and then uh, a career one stop, they have the skills matcher. So um, we get into showing that and, and, uh, and getting really identifying those employment goals and skills through assessments and career exploration. So module two, I've named um, Accomplish. And here I talk about soft networking skills. Um, we learn about how to write an effective resume and a cover letter using the correct tense, using strong action words. Um, we learn about how to customize the resume according to your experience and specific employment positions. We learn about resources and many different employment services websites, what they have to offer. Um, soft networking is very integral um, to employment placement. And then I also included a digital footprint. Um, I get into the digital footprint on a broad scale, um, concentrating on how it would affect your employment and your career. But I also talk about how um, not only are you protecting your uh, reputation 
as it would relate to um, an application for a job or an application to a college, how it does relate to protecting your own identity. Does anybody have any questions so far? Any questions? Okay. Uh, yes. Let me check the Zoom here and see. Any questions in the room? Am there I going too fast for anybody? I just. Um, there are no it? questions in your Zoom room, ma'am. Okay, great. So I'll just keep going. So again, in module two, um, I talk about how COVID-19 shaped the new job world. Um, a lot of uh, at-home um, remote work, telecommunication jobs are opened up from the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, also, uh, the interview process has changed drastically. Uh, a lot um, of the interviews are done virtually, whether it's over the phone or through Zoom or a different platform, uh, Microsoft Teams, Adobe Connect. So there's a different, there's, um, you know, COVID-19 definitely changed and opened up a lot of opportunities uh, for people with remote work. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are saying that it probably is a permanent change. Um, a lot of employers realize, um, you know, the old brick and mortar uh, type job where they had the employees going to the building and sit in the office and work all day, they were still able to accomplish, um, you know, their business at hand by remote work. So a lot of employers are realizing, you know, wow, I could save money on rent. I could save money on electric. I don't have to pay insurance, um, you know, on the building. So a lot of employers are realizing um, telecommunications, the remote um, positions are really working for their company and their company is actually saving money. Uh, so they don't have to pay to have that brick and mortar um, uh, building like they did before. So uh, again, not all employers are gonna be um, you know, permanently staying remote, but there are quite a few that are. And also with um, a lot of the automation processes that are out now with the higher technology, um, a lot of these jobs can be um, done remotely. So again, we learn about how it shaped our new job world, COVID-19. Also, we learn about soft networking skills still, um, recognizing the benefits and the resources of professional networking sites. Um, we learn how to search for volunteer and work experiences and internships. Um, we're gonna recognize the benefit of certain social media sites. And then I get into what is a digital footprint, the importance of a digital footprint, and then we get on to learning the process of crafting an effective resume and cover letter. And then I talk about ATS, which stands for Applicant Tracking Software, which is used by like almost 96% of the employers out there. What it does is it, um, it's, a, it's an operation, it's a software that they scan your um, resume and look for highlight, um, highlight words that match up to the job description. 
So even though you could be highly qualified for the position, if you don't craft your resume effectively, so the applicant tracking software picks up your resume, you might be tossed aside from it. So, and that's an automated process. Um, you know, old school would be, you know, in the human resources department, they get a bunch of resumes and they would have to sift through it manually. The application applicant tracking software uh, streamlines this um, employment process for the employer. So while it, it does streamline for the employer, it might exclude a highly qualified applicant. So I get into, um, you know, what the ATS is looking for, how to customize your resume and cover letter to be um, on the top of the pile, so to speak. So moving right along for module three, um, proceed. Um, it's time to proceed after you've learned your accomplishment. Um, the proceed module shows how affecting networking is. Um, here we'll learn about networking, working towards finding a mentor or a bridge person, seeking out corporate recruiters, branding or rebranding yourself. Again, in this module, um, we're going to be we're going to talk about hard ne hard networking skills. Um, excuse me, uh, hard ne hard networking skills starts online, um, and we get into all the different employment uh, networking sites here: Indeed.com, EmployFlorida.com, AbilityWork.org, GettingHired.com. Uh, talent acquisition portal taps and um, you know we talk about making networking contacts through employment sites um, uh, fostering your brand uh, having um, there is a, kind of like a, a new um, niche for employment through social media a lot of um, students I come across um, they are very crafty and they've been, you know, selling things at craft store or they'll um, have their little Facebook page and they'll post things and stuff. And we talk about if this could be an employment, this could be turned into an employment, um, being an entrepreneur. So we talk about branding or rebranding yourself, um, uh, reinventing yourself after vision loss. Um, a lot of people um, want to write. Um, I have had the... Um, I was blessed the opportunity to um, train um, uh, a gentleman who uh, was a corporate man. He was high up on the ladder. I believe he was a CEO and he lost his vision, but he never touched um, a computer. He always had a secretary. So I actually um, trained him from the ground up. I mean, from typing to assistive technology. And then I helped him launch his, um, he wanted to write books uh, he said he always felt like he wanted to write books. And uh, as of today, he's an accomplished uh, writer. He's published. He has six um, books out there. Um, his books were just adopted by the um, New York State public school system. So, and I, I just, I'm very tickled pink about um, that success story. So again, it's very customized, um, you know, uh, seeking out your, your skills your assets, your talents, and just kind of meshing it into a niche. Either it's working for someone or working for yourself.
So again, um, making networking contacts, uh, fostering your brand, reinventing yourself, branding yourself. Um, and then here we consider um, job fairs, career fairs. And uh, new to the platform is virtual job fairs because of the COVID-19. And um, uh, I noticed there's a trend now, it's starting to turn a little bit more in-person job fairs locally, but there are still quite a few virtual job fairs. And then we start to talk about the stages of the interview process. So moving uh, to the next module, Succeed, module four. In this module, you'll learn about interview techniques, common interview questions, and what not to do on an interview. Um, we talk about uh, confidence and how body language is a key factor during an interview. And then we also um, do post-interview training, how to write uh, a thank you letter, negotiate a salary and a company benefits package. So in module four, um, we talk about in-person interviews. We talk about video interviews, video etiquette. Um, same thing with phone, phone interviews, phone etiquette. Um, and then I get into identifying common interview questions and the best answers. I hone in on 46 common interview questions. And after we get through all of this, we, I, then I get into illegal um, interview questions. Just be aware um, what an employer really can't ask you, um, especially when it comes to your disability. Um, know, then we talk about know how to answer difficult questions know the basics of salary negotiation and benefits package. Um, and then I talk about self-advocacy in the workplace, requesting job accommodations. Um, I put this in here during the interview because um, a, a person with a disability really should be um, versed on how they can self-advocate. So we talk about everything about self-advocacy as it relates to employment and also as it relates to real life. Because really in every aspect of life, you're always advocating for yourself, whether it's medical, whether it's um, you know, uh, in your home, your landlord or you know, whichever, even your family, you could be advocating for yourself. Um, but it's always good to um, know how it relates to the workplace. And then we talk about Jan, a job account, a job accommodation network. I also get into the ADA's uh, Title One, Two, Three guide dog laws and white cane laws, as it applies to Florida State. Um, I also show um, the ODEP website. I demonstrate um, it was a great resource for anybody with a disability should know about the site and know what. Um, how to you know access the site and know what's on the site for for a future uh, reference, and then we get into module five, which I've named prepare. Now you are ready to prepare to obtain employment. After this, um, we learn how to engage in an actual interview. I do mock interviews in a group setting, and I also do it individually. Um, I record the mock interviews so. Um, 
the students can see how they've done. Um, we also do in a group setting because a lot of times when you have an interview today, you might be interviewed by four or five people. Yes, we do have a very large group. The employment services, like I said in the very beginning, uh, could be up to, well, it's always sustained 20 people or more. And, and that is a big group to have a mock interview in front of. But, you know, it's very good practice because nerves really do play um, when it comes to interview. You're on the spot and you're nervous. So it, it is definitely a, 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 good, um, a good way to try to get over that hump of nerves and come out of uh, shyness and engage in that interview. So um, we discuss interview questions from real employers. What I've done is I went out into the community and I have networked with employers and I've actually interviewed employers for tips on what they want from an ideal candidate. And here I share with the group and with the student on a one-on-one -on -one exactly what the employer is expecting from a candidate. So they have a bird's eye view of what you know that employer during the interview what they're looking for so then lastly we learn about the employment process onboarding process and learn how to write a thank you letter talk about what would be appropriate whether it's a hard copy letter or an email and again negotiating the salary and the company benefits package so um you know we do speak about um uh, self-advocacy a lot um, I've also added in prepare module five post-employment after we, you know, learn how to create that follow-up from the interview. Um, we do talk about, um, uh, you know, what happens if God forbid I, we get hurt on the job. And I do touch up uh, a little bit on Florida's workman's compensation. Um, also, you know, um, it's important for the student to know um, when we learn about the steps of the onboarding process and the employment process, that a lot of employers now not only do the background check on most um, uh, jobs, they also do a credit check, which is um, relatively new. And it's uh, something that the um, uh, employee, potential employee should know about. So, um, you know, that, that's uh, module five. And then lastly, I did put in um, a module six. Uh, here, um, I named it success. Um, uh, you know, now, you know, we, we're all ready for employment and um, most of my students are either on SSI or SSDI. And I, you know, talk about, um, you know, working while on um, the disability programs. I also talk about um, in this module, the ticket to work programs and the resources to learn about how working will impact your benefits. So in module six, um, I talk about understanding the ticket to work program, um, learning about partner agencies, uh, learning about the free resources offered within the ticket to work program, learn about work at home opportunities within the Ticket to Work program and other employment opportunities, um, learning about um, setting financial guidelines for a person working on SSI and SSDI, very, very important. Um, also learning about guidelines um, for Medicaid and Medicare 
for a person working while on SSI and SSDI. And um, we talk about the state workforce system, the different partner agencies, the employment networkers. Um, we talk about WIPA, Work Incentive Planning and Assistive Program. And also I talk about PAPS, which is Protection and Advocacy for Beneficiaries of Social Security. And that's basically my modules um, at that time. So I'm gonna stop sharing my screen. And at that time, I, I, I could take any questions if anybody has any questions about the program and how we um, help a student obtain employment in the employment services uh, program for vocational rehabilitated students. This is Barbara Brown. I have a question on long-term employment. You mentioned about that. What areas of employment do you have the most success with in long-term? Um, I wouldn't say in my experience of the people that I've placed so far, I wouldn't say there's one area that is um, long-term. It, it's just, it's just a, a fit. Basically, um, uh, I'm trying to think I've, I've, I've had people I've placed at Apple computers, the company Apple, and then I've had people placed at Goodwill and, you know, they're two you know, discernibly different um, jobs and job tests involved. It just, um, and they're both long-term employees. So it really, there really is no one job sector to answer your question. It just is a matter of the customization for the training for the students' uh, skills and assets, their education background and their work experience, if any and finding that niche for that one student with the uh, visual disability. And again, I do have quite a few students that have other disabilities just besides their vision. So um, to answer your question, no, I would say there is no one job sector that guarantees long-term employment. I would say it, it, it's a really up to the employee and the employer and that niche, finding that niche. That's why the work experience is really good. Um, if, the, if I find that um, the employer has trepidation or even the employee has trepidation, I'll talk to the employer as an advocate and talk about a work experience. And then we'll try that first, the work experience. And usually within the two week time, um, uh, the employer or the employee will know if it's a good fit. And, and if, the, if it is, the employer will hire direct, you know, do a direct hire. If not, then they separate and, and you know, no harm, no foul. So thank you for your question, Barbara. Does anybody else have any questions? I have one more. Yes. I'm interested in knowing at what age group are you able to um, uh, place in employment? Well, um, right now I work with, um, I would say 14 and up, and I have not placed obviously children, you know, children in high school. Um, that's just, um, just, you know, it's a different kind of program geared to just getting ready for college and networking and doing internships and work experiences, just gearing up for their career. Um, uh, post 
post school, like, you know, from from post high school to into college, I would say um, then it would be like 18 and up. If the person is graduated uh, high school, not going into college, or the person just graduated college. So um, uh, I'm trying to say the older, the, the age would probably from 18 would be, I have someone in the group right now who is, um, I believe, I believe they're 72. So yeah, um, it's a very broad range of ages. So um, yeah, basically, I hope I answered your question. No, you did. Do we have any more questions in the room? Okay, any questions on Zoom? Well, we have, do you have a question in the room, you said? Okay, Barbara? Yes. We have a question in the room, but that person is gonna to have to speak the question and you're gonna to have to repeat it so the Zoom people can hear it. Hopefully I can hear your question. So go in the person in the room, if you have a question, go ahead and question, answer, uh, ask it and Barbara will repeat it or I will. Okay, the question is, do you think it's better to find your own, start your own business or to find a job? It just depends on the person and their skills. If, um, you know, you, like I had said, I had, I had um, a few students who, um, you know, came into the program and uh, another example I could give would be um, uh, a gentleman, uh, tennis pro he's a tennis pro I mean he's played with Ivan Lindell and um you know the big guns uh and I don't want to name drop because it's confidential but um he had come to me and um he had uh vision loss but he has such a great knowledge of tennis obviously being a tennis pro playing tennis his whole entire life so I look at that skill set and we talked about um you know what you know fulfill fulfillment and you know like i had said in the very beginning module one in career exploration and finding those interests and those that skill set it really does bode well for long-term employment and also a career path so um uh he and i you know uh really searched out some viable opportunities and um actually um i helped him uh brand himself and now what he's doing is he's coaching. He um, is uh, uh, you know, world-renowned tennis pro and he lost his sight. He, know, he knows he can't navigate a ball at 120 miles an hour anymore. So um, he, he wants to utilize the vision that he has in the capacity that's safe and utilize the knowledge that he has, his background knowledge to experience in all the years of being a tennis pro. So um, we spoke about coaching and, um, you know, it just worked out that now he is coaching. He has his own business. And not only that, he is working um, uh, at the Sar in a Sarasota school, uh, uh, coaching in, in Sarasota schools. So, um, you know, to answer your question, it just really depends on the person. It depends on their disability. It depends on 
their experience, their education, um, what, you know, interests they have, if they've had, um, you know, like that other uh, uh, woman who had an interest, she was, you know, painting her whole life, but always had a full-time job as a secretary. And when she lost her vision, she still could paint. She was still painting and she was still setting up at little, you know, flea markets and such. So she wanted to make this her, in, her employment, her business. So again, it, it really just depends on the individual and the circumstance. I hope I answered your question, sir. Any additional questions? Good morning, Judy. Thank you so much for the presentation. Very informative. Um, a couple of things um, from the audience here and questions that we've thought of. We really appreciate sharing the stories. Everyone is finding that very interesting. So if there are any additional ones you may want to share um, regarding the successes, I know many, many people, even despite the pandemic, have found employment um, recently. And then the other question is, where are you seeing the up and coming jobs, a lot of job availability, whether it's um, uh, teleworking opportunities as work from home or out in the community now recently that things are beginning to open up? Thank yeah. you. Definitely remote uh, opportunities. I'm seeing an, a, a tremendous increase in um, remote opportunity uh, employment positions. Um, you know, and I think that has a lot to do with what I was saying earlier about um, the employers. I've been to a lot of webinars on a state level and also on a national level, and more and more employers are realizing the brick and mortar um, building is just not lucrative. It's, it, it, you know, it, it behooves them to have remote workers. They're saving money. So, um, so to answer your question about the emerging job market, I would say um, first and foremost would be remote telecommunicating um, opportunities. And then secondly would be that branding, that uh, rebranding or branding yourself. And, and that evolved through social media sites like Instagram and Facebook and um, different social media sites. Um, those would be the, the top ones, I would say. Um, and that would be if you, you know, had your own little, you know, crafty niche or whatever you were doing, even if it was a service. Um, I have uh, another story I could um, share. Um, I had a, a student who, um, you know, what she did was um, she uh, taught, she She's um, non-sighted and she knows Braille, but she taught Braille uh, as a volunteer uh, over the course of time um, uh, to um, sighted uh, parents for children who were blind. And um, she um, actually um, came to me and, and we, we branded her and I helped her launch a, a, a side like teaching opportunity, which evolved into um, her getting hired at a lighthouse uh, teaching Braille. So that was another um, uh, uh, different um, uh, opportunity that, you know, she went off of a skill set that she was doing her whole life and didn't realize that she can actually 
make money doing that. Um, I'm trying to think of other. Um, Judy, I had, yes. This is Monica. I do have a question from the Zoom room for you from Greg. Feel free to speak, Greg. Yes. Hi there. Good morning. Um, I've really enjoyed your presentation, Judy. And I just wanted your opinion on disclosing a visual disability. And when would you suggest uh, disclosing that during the application process for a job? Really good question, Greg. I get that all the time from my class. And um, it's a really difficult question to answer. And I'll tell you why, because um, some of my students don't want to disclose that they have a disability. They want to, you know, just try to see if they could do the job. Um, some students have to, like, you know, for example, if you have a guide dog, you, you kind of really can't hide the dog. So, um, you know, so you have to disclose. Um, what I recommend is um, the ADA uh, says that you don't have to disclose your disability at any time, before the interview, at the interview, even after employment, the only time that you have to disclose your disability is if you're going to stand behind the law of the ADA. So in other words, um, you know, if you get into a, an employment situation and you didn't tell anybody that you were disabled and then all of a sudden you find that you need accommodation um, and you feel that you may not, you might, might have a hard time getting that accommodation, you have to, um, by law, disclose your disability to, to stand by that ADA, to have the ADA back you, okay? So it really depends on the situation. Um, I have some students who, um, uh, you know, they, they have low vision and they can access the tech text on the screen using Windows Magnifier. And the good thing about Windows Magnifier, um, say you're a receptionist and you know, you're answering the phone and you have to um, annotate into a database, you know, taking information from a phone, you know, when you're on the phone. So, um, you know, that person, um, before technology really evolved and you had to have Zoom text or you had to have some kind of assistive technology on that computer because, you know, even four or five years ago, Windows Magnifier was, was awful compared to today. It, they really have gone leaps and bounds to integrate um, the assistive technology. They've really worked on Narrator and Magnifier. So a lot of students know if they're already using Windows Magnifier at home and, and they're at like, you know, two to 400% and they can really navigate the computer well. Some of my students don't even disclose they have a, a disability because they know when they get on a job the Windows magnifier is already integrated in the operating system and they're not gonna have a hard time using the computer and accessing the text on the screen. Um, that goes for a magnification. Um, for the screen reader, um, if you're using a JAWS, um, you know, it just depends. Now, you, you, it depends on, I would say you would have to disclose. If you're using um, a computer, it's 90% of your job. Um, you're going to have to disclose you're using JAWS because that's a third-party software and it has to be installed on onto the system. So um, to answer your question, again, it, it's it's a hard question to ask, but it really depends on your situation. It 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 really is um, dependent on the job at hand, 
what the job you're doing, you know, if it's just accessing um, through the computer, um, and you already have, you know, if you're a vision, you're a low, low vision user and you're already using Windows Mac, you might not want to disclose, um, but, you know, it's really a personal decision. But like I said, in, in all instances, if you're going to stand behind the law, the ADA law, you must disclose. I hope I answered your question, Greg. Well, yes, thank you. And you do have about eight minutes left till the session is over. So just keeping track of time for you. Are there any questions in the room? Hearing none, Judy, I would like to very much thank you. You have enlightened us and I love your dedication to your work and what you do and your success work. And I thoroughly enjoy how you take the task on and you follow it through and you leave no stones in between. You're just so dedicated and I'm so happy you were able to speak with us today. Uh, who, who is speaking? So I guess this is Barbara you. Brown, I'm sorry. Oh. No, it's okay. Thank you, Barbara. I appreciate that. Um, and again, you know, uh, you could share my email address with anybody, my contact information. Um, I'd be more than happy to uh, answer any questions uh, post-session. Uh, if I can, you know, answer any questions that you think of after the session's over, I'd be more than happy to um, talk to anybody at any time. Do we have any other questions? I just wanted to just also say, um, I do go on the job site and I do train on the job site too, if needed. Um, there was a, an individual that I placed at Home Depot and they had a computer-based training program. And I was advocating um, with the employer because he did need Zoom techs. And part of his um, requirement for, for his job is that he had to attend um, uh, and finish complete, successfully complete uh, CBT training, which is computer-based training. And um, the this was, um, he the Windows magnifier was turned off through the um, administrative, um, you know, the network administrator and on a corporate level. So I would have to deal with the IT department and um, uh, then he found out that the Zoom, the Zoom techs worked better for him because he was a Zoom text user. And so I actually advocated and they did install the Zoom text. And they also got him um, a large monitor. So it was like his own little station in the computer training room. So that was a nice success story. I'm trying to think of success, success stories. I mean, all the placements are success stories. Um, I'm just trying to think of um, specific ones um, that had a unique twist to it. Um, I just um, then we had I had a placement uh, last month um, with um, teleperformance, a telecommuting uh, opportunity, and she was a voiceover user. She had a Mac uh, book, and um, the company, a lot of these telecommuting companies, they provide your equipment now, and she received the um, the the company's equipment, and she had to um, uh, do her job through Adobe Connect. So um, that's like a higher level software program. So I had to train her one-on-one -on, -one on access with voiceover, um, 
voiceover commands with the keyboard to navigate Adobe Connect so she could uh, uh, complete her training. So, and I forgot to mention that in the presentation that um, I do do a lot of customized uh, training um, throughout. Like if I find out, um, you know, uh, the, the student needs um, a specialized software like Microsoft Teams or Adobe Connect and, you know, use with JAWS or VoiceOver or Zoom text. And I, I bridge that gap as well. So does anybody have any other questions? You are providing your contact information. I don't think you can do it in this situation, but we should be able to get it out to you. Katie has my email address, um, but I could email Katie with my um, phone number and address. Okay, and that way I guess then we can put it out on FCBL. And it was a pleasure to present to you all today. Um, again, if anybody has any questions post-session, please reach out. I'm always available to talk to about employment services or assistive technology. And if anyone has trouble getting her information, contact Katie and she will contact the employment committee and we'll make sure you get it. So we thank all in attendance for coming this time. And so please stay tuned because we'll have more next time. <laughs>